Hello and welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. Diversity within the meetings and travel industries has long been lacking. Although a wave of industry organizations have made public pledges to do better, turning these promises into progress is easier said than done. I'm Elise Schoening, Senior Associate Editor of North Star Meetings Group. And on this episode of Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals, I sat down with Tanya Hempstead, Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at American Express Global Business Travel. We discussed how the organization is building a more mature diversity and inclusion strategy and how others can do the same. Other topics of discussion include how to address staffing shortages and attract diverse talent and the key role suppliers can play in driving change. But first, a message from this episode's sponsor. California is a place of what's new and what's next. Our history is filled with trend-setting, innovative, creative, breakthrough moments and accomplishments that literally reverberate around the globe. California's youthful, creative, now and next vibe is what many business leaders and meeting planners are seeking out when planning a group event here. They want to feel energized and inspired by California because that's what leads to innovation and big ideas. C-Levels and meeting planners are excited by the possibility that a little bit of the energizing, anything is possible, California dreaming attitude will rub off on their employees and attendees, inspiring and uplifting them to do great things. It also means the possibility of cutting edge, creative meetings and events that only California could pull off. Thank you, Tanya, so much for joining us. We're very grateful to have you on the podcast, and especially to talk about the very important topic of diversity. The need to diversify the meetings and travel industry has really grown over the past two years, but there's still so much work that needs to be done. Where do you say that we are now, and what do you hope to see in 2022? Yeah, I want to say, you know, globally, companies are at different levels of readiness. Since 2020, we've seen an increase in organizations where they're wanting to partner and discuss best practices like what we're doing today. And, you know, DE&I is not proprietary to any one organization. I think it's knowledge that we need to share as we're all learning and looking at evaluating those opportunities to really integrate DE&I into our core processes. So that's something I want to say that I've seen across the travel industry. And I want to say even outside of the industry. And then what do I hope to see in 2022? Let me take a step back. In 2021, it was our foundational year for DEI. And we already had, you know, this mindset to where diversity and inclusion was core to us as an organization coming from American Express, where they have a very mature program. But I want to say for GBT, it was our inaugural year. And so our goal in 2021 was really to evaluate what we need to do, right? Understanding our role and what we need to do. And then now 2022 is building off of that. So we have a solid framework, which I call our inclusion ecosystem, and that's comprised of uh, two diversity and inclusion councils that we have. One is for our executive council, and they help to really establish that governance and to prioritize DEI to say this is a part of our core strategies and our our go forward plans. So now that DEI has been prioritized, it opens up that door for me to have those conversations across the organization to say, how do we 
really embed DEI into our core practices. And that's where our regional council comes into play. And that's where I work with all of our regional general managers to say, you know, what does DEI mean to you in India? What does it mean in Spain? So it's not just a US conversation. This really is about all of us. And how do we make this meaningful and impactful at that regional local level? In addition to that, we have our inclusion groups or what is traditionally called employee resource groups. And we have seven of those currently. And again, they cross those various dimensions of diversity so that you have those insights. So having that, the insights from our employees, um, our two councils, that really allows us to have a better understanding about what our employees need for us to do internally. Another group that we launched last year in a program we're refining is called our Country Ambassador Program. And those country ambassadors work with our regional general managers in that regional council to say, how do we really push this down across the business? And they're having conversations to say, what are some of the things we can do as an organization? Or what are some of the things we need to do to make sure that we're incorporating diversity elements into our products, our tools, our services, making sure everyone feels like they are included in the conversation, they can contribute to the work that we're doing. And that's how we get to that authentic voice. So I want to say 2022 is just taking that, that momentum that we've gained in 2021 and really propelling that forward with additional educational offerings, broadening those relationships externally with other organizations, really understanding, analyzing our demographics and our internal data and processes to say, what do we need to do? And so that's where we're at in 2022, really building off of that foundation. That's fantastic. And, and really great to hear about the different regional initiatives underway. Can you share a little bit more information about your role as VP of DEI at American Express Global Business Travel and what maybe your day-to-day looks like or some of the challenges that you've encountered in planning these DEI initiatives? My role is really about, well, one, being passionate about the work that you do. I think, you know, this work is, I like to call it heart work, work that comes from your heart, but it's also very hard work. So it's having that ability to be very objective to say, here is where we are now to to analyze yourself and take a look at where you're at to say, what are those opportunities? And that requires the analysis that you need to conduct to really make sure that you're moving in the right direction, right? We need to be able to track what we do. So it's really that having that balance between that strategic side of things to really put together solid plans and roadmaps, but at the same time, being able to really listen, understand the needs of our employees and and our clients. I think the second part of the question was, what are some of the challenges? And I want to say, I don't necessarily see the work we're doing as challenges per se. I see it more as, it's that education where you're having conversations globally to help people understand in regions where it can be very homogenous, what does DEI really mean for them? So I don't consider it to be a challenge. I, I consider it to be more of that educational opportunity and allowing people to really think a little differently about what they can do in this space. We mentioned before the focus on diversity has really increased, but how can we make sure that this isn't just a trend or something that kind of fades to the background, but really something that's embedded into the company culture and more of a long-term initiative? That's a really great question. So what I want to say, there has been a paradigm shift in terms of diversity and inclusion, ESG, what we're seeing in this space. I think going through the past two and a half years, people have had this opportunity to really be thoughtful about 
their place in the world. They have a renewed sense of purpose. And I think that is really driving what we do as organizations. So I see the work that we're doing in this space as being sustainable. And ways we do that is through our inclusion ecosystem. It is having all of those diverse perspectives and voices where they're contributing to the conversations. We're able to better evaluate what are our areas and opportunity for our products, tools, and services. So giving you an example, one of our inclusion groups, Ready Enable, which is for people with disabilities, they've been helping us to evaluate our products to say, how do we ensure they're more accessible for our global travelers? What are some of the things we need to do? And then for our inclusion groups who have a race ethnicity dimension, where we're talking about how do we evaluate our tools and and what we're sharing with clients when we're putting together travel proposals to say, how do we ensure safety for everyone, right? So if there's an LGBTQ plus element, what is our recommendation, right? Uh, For someone to travel to a country to where there could be some legal challenges associated with that. For our women travelers who travel alone or people of color, what are some of those things we need to do to incorporate into our tools? So I feel like by taking those steps, that's how you ensure that diversity and inclusion is not just something we talk about today. It becomes a part of our core processes and it's how we truly normalize DEI and make it a reality. Another thing I wanted to ask you about was measurement. It's so important to benchmark where our strategies are now and progress that we've made. Do you have any tips on, on how to measure those initiatives and, and really make sure that organizations are holding themselves accountable to the commitments that they've made? Oh, yeah. Great question. Um, you know, I think it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier is that state of readiness. So it's really doing that hard work um, to say, you know, look at the tools that we have in terms of how we can evaluate our employee demographics. So looking at that from race, ethnicity, gender, people with disabilities, veterans, so on and so forth, taking those various dimensions of diversity and expanding our tools to be able to get a good understanding about our current employee demographic so that you can establish goals and targets. I want to say it's more of targets though than goals, but it's saying how do we expand our reach to have more of those diverse perspectives at the table. And once you do that, that really allows you to hold yourself accountable because you know where you're starting and now you can track against that. And that's how you can see your progression. Something that we've been hearing a lot about recently is the staffing shortages in, in the meetings industry and the travel industry. How has that impacted diversity and moving forward? You know, What should we be focusing on there? Yeah, globally, all companies and industries are feeling the staffing shortage. But for the travel industry specifically, I feel like there is so much opportunity. One, I think we need to, as an industry, do a better job in highlighting the value of being of the travel industry. I think there are other industries that do a better job of that, healthcare, legal. Those are types of roles when people are considering careers that people have an awareness about. But the travel industry, I think we need to refresh what we're doing in that space to really attract more talent and diverse talent. I think you see when you attend different events that you'll see small event planners and organizations. So how do we kind of bring some of that into the fold of what we're doing? How are we expending these opportunities about the travel industry to our universities, to our overall school systems, so people understand that there's opportunity here in the travel industry and what it really means to be a part of an industry that really contributes globally to the global GDP. So I think that is another area of opportunity for us in travel. 
How can planners partner with suppliers to drive change around diversity and what role can suppliers play in this conversation? Suppliers, I want to say they are an integral part of the work that we're doing. And I think it speaks to that sustainability factor. So if you think about it through a couple of lenses, going back to the impact of the travel industry, globally, our reach is so vast. You look country by country and and you say, as a large organization, how do we expand our reach across all of these various regions to support our clients? The way you do that is with those small suppliers. So by tapping into those small suppliers creates an opportunity for you to expand your reach into those regions. I think from a cultural perspective, it adds to our education and our learning about various cultures. And, you know, I think the innovation and the ingenuity that you see coming out of those small suppliers is really exciting. So, again, I think it's a way for us to innovate, really help from a socioeconomic perspective to drive sustainable economic value across the globe. So I think it's really exciting to partner with those diverse suppliers and it benefits all of us. Do you have any suggestions for planners on where they should be looking for suppliers to partner with? Oh, wow. That is a, that's a conversation that we've been, we've been having. So what we're seeing is that you know, traditionally supplier diversity was primarily a U.S.-based conversation. Globally, that reach is expanding. We're starting to see across Europe, across Asia-Pac, for example, where you know, those conversations are being had. So I think in this space, in terms of sourcing, it does take doing that work, working from a regional local perspective to understand the suppliers in your region. And that requires having teams of people, right? And I'm really doing that due diligence in your community to say, how can we support those small suppliers, but also incorporate them into our our diversified portfolio? And what are your thoughts on DEI certifications? We're starting to see more and more groups like the Events Leadership Institute and MPI add diversity certifications on topics like inclusive event strategies. What is the business case for this? And why would you encourage someone to invest in them just as they would with virtual event training or pandemic safety? I think it's great that we're starting to see more certifications being developed to support this space because it is truly real work. For example, we're having conversations with the International Association of Accessibility Professionals to say, again, going back to our products, tools, and services. So I think the more education that you can have in this space, it only adds value to the work that you're doing. And I think we need to look at it through those two lenses where it's socially and morally the right thing to do but also the value of it as an organization, what that can bring to you in terms of having those diverse perspectives and education supports that. The more knowledge you have, the better you'll get at it in in terms of finding the right solutions. And do you think it's going to become a must-have in the coming years? Potentially. I think, again, the conversation in this space is constantly growing and evolving. You know, DE&I is a very complex global conversation. So I think it's continually evolving. I think having a formal body of knowledge to say, you know, we're going to certify you in this space would be a great starting point to see and to have. And I think it helps to validate the work that we're doing in this space. So I would love to see that. And can you share some examples of industry organizations that you think are doing a good job of setting the bar on improving DEI? I constantly watch the Diversity Inc. Best Practices list. It's where they have the top 100 organizations who are doing well in DEI. A lot of those organizations have very mature DEI programs. And I want to say on that list, you can see 
you know, some of our partners, so the Hiltons of the world, where they've done a lot of work in this space. And we take a look at that. Our parent company, American Express as well, have a very mature and robust DE&I program. And the great thing about that is we're all having these conversations together and sharing those best practices. So we can tap into that. And based on where you're at on your journey in this space, you, you have some resources and benchmarking and best practices that you can leverage. As planners are looking to improve their diversity strategies and make their meetings more inclusive next year, what are some of those next level or lesser known strategies they should be thinking about? Really tapping into your employee resource groups. So for example, our meetings and events team, they just prepared uh, best practices or, or questions you should ask as a meeting planner when you're preparing a meeting or a proposal for a client. And what are some of those diversity elements? So some examples of work that they've done in that space is to take into consideration the people who are attending that meeting to ask if you're going to have someone who they're a person with a disability where you need to have some type of accommodation or support anything related to accessibility. What are some opportunities for us to utilize diverse suppliers in that area? So understanding what the client is looking for or diverse uh, venues. So I think it's really being thoughtful. And again, it goes back to having those conversations where you're really listening to your teams, where you're really listening to your clients. And that's how you devise the right solutions for you. Is there anything else that you want to add on this topic or any final thoughts or tips to share? I go back to really being excited to see that these conversations are being had. I feel like the more conversations we have around this topic, the more in terms of the collaboration and the partnerships that we're establishing, that we really can create a more sustainable long-lasting DE&I program that's for our organizations, but it also supports the change we want to see globally in the world. So very excited to see that we're having this call. I agree. And it's something that planners and organizations in the industry have started to dip their toes into. And I think it's now it's that next level. How do we keep it up? How do we follow other leaders in the industry doing a good job? So it's great to hear what you're doing at Amex. Hopefully I wasn't too long-winded, but I feel like it's such a, a lot of information in this space. And I do feel mm-hmm. like we've made a lot of headway in terms of getting a better understanding about our place in the industry to really influence something mm-hmm. in a real way. So again, love having this conversation with someone else in our industry about what are some of the things we can do and that we're doing. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Tanya. Uh, really appreciate your insights. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review us and check back for new episodes soon.